Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at roasthousepub.com, or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. Hello, I'm your host, Chris Sands, and this is episode 90. We're here at the newly opened, beautiful Union Collective in Union Brewing Company's section of the building. Um, speaking to Kevin Blodger, one of the co-owners and head of brewing operations. Did I yeah. get that right? Yeah. So uh, say hi, Kevin. Hey, how you guys doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for uh, taking some time out on what I can only imagine is a very busy schedule right now to talk to me. It's, uh, I'm glad to be here. I had jury duty yesterday. So, uh, so this is a little bit better yeah, than to be yesterday. Back in the so right now you're splitting production between the two breweries, right? Well, we've For done some test brews here. We haven't really started production here yet. Uh, that will start in the next few weeks. Um, so we're wrapping up what will be the end of production at the old space, and then we'll move all that over to here, uh, hopefully by July 1st. Okay. Um, what was the first beer you brewed here? I think it might was we it did double uh, duck. Yeah, no, we did duck pin. Oh, right, right so we did. Uh, we did. We had the Germans in that helped that built the system uh, from Braucon. And uh, we want they wanted to test like our big our flagship beer, so we did a bunch of duck pin brews. I think we brewed about 240 barrels of duck pin and test brews. Um, we did a skipjack, and then we did a couple of other new beers that'll be on the market uh, as soon as we can release them. Oh, cool! How did how did those first brews turn out? Um, were, were, they, was they were it easy good. to match what you were getting out of the old facility, or is you know kind of our mindset on this is like we don't want to match the old facility. We want to make better beer here. Okay, um, and so. The test runs that we've tried, um, I think they fit the brand. I think they fit what Duckpin is. Um, we'll still tweak them some more to get, you know, to, to make them better, right? We always want to make better beer. So uh, the first ones were good, but they weren't they weren't great yet. And so we'll we'll figure that out and get them great. So the what is the biggest difference between your production here, other than size? Because you're uh, obviously on volume-wise, a completely different level now. Yeah, so we, we tripled the size of the brew house. Went from 20 barrels to 60 barrels, um, and from 60 barrel fermenters to 180 barrel fermenters. Um, but the biggest difference in this system is automation. Um, and what does that add and to, to the process, you know? So before we dumped the malt in, you push the button, we augered it in, and then after it got into the mash kettle, everything we did was by hand. So we're flipping valves, we're moving stuff over, we're turning on pumps. Now we put the malt into the hopper, we put the specialty malt into the hopper, we load the hops into the hop doser, and then we hit a button, and the brewery does everything for us um, until it's time to knock out. Um, and while it's knocking, and until it's time to knock out, we set up some hoses here, and we run some other processes to clean and get everything set up. And then once we're ready to knock out, we hit another button. Um, the system then controls that, knocks out the work for us. Um, so that's that's the biggest difference is just getting used to it all being kind of automated so there's no well i do it this way and brewer b does it this way and brewer c does it this way now everybody will be doing it the right way hopefully and not that they weren't before but, yeah but, but it, there will be no variation and hopefully no variation which will help us produce more consistent beer so and and as a Another benefit, I guess, that you're removing a lot of the back-breaking labor of the brewing process. Well, yeah. You know, somebody asked the other day, Liz Murphy was here uh, a couple of days ago doing an, uh, a Naptown podcast, and she was saying, well, you know, is there a disconnection now um, because you're not doing everything by hand? 
but I always think let's work smarter, not harder, right? And so there's a reason that you see it's only younger brewers. It's a lot of times it's just young guys in the brewing yeah. game. It's because it is. It's, it's hard backbreaking labor. So if we can save some of that labor uh, and save some of that back and save some time and all that, why not do that? I am 100% positive I could not be a brewer at a facility that wasn't automated. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been brewing for a long time now, and, and, and until probably the past three years, was, I was brewing every day. It was tough. It was hard work. Um, it sucks, but at the same time, it's, it's fun. It's rewarding, and I think there's a different reward now. It's, it's like learning that automation and figuring how to tweak it to make the best beer that we can make. It's going to take some time, and Ryan, who's my lead brewer, is very geeky about that and very excited about the challenge of figuring out the system and then taking my recipes and my thoughts and my processes and translating that into the automation on the system. It's, uh, we had, um, it's, it's been a while now, but David Kozlowski from Gearhouse Brewing in okay. Chambersburg on, mm-hmm. and he's brewed on... So he worked at Flying Dog. He worked on, so he brewed on the same system that you brewed on yep. when you were at Frederick Brewing Company. Um, then he went to Trogues, which it Trogues sounds like. One of the first Brocon systems uh, in the so States. It, yeah. So it, do you have the same, basically the same system? Same, that, same size, I believe. Um, but, you know, their system is, is a little bit older, so there's been some tweaks. But, yeah, basically the same system. So he's brewed on that. Yeah. And now he's back to like, his own place where it's all back to the manual things and so one of the things i asked him was like now that you've you've been on the whole spectrum of brew houses and what do you what what's your favorite and he said he misses trokes yeah i mean it's a great the automation is amazing the brown system is amazing um you know i have this dream in my head that one day when i'm when i'm not a union anymore when we sell this or whatever happens happens that uh i have this little farmhouse brewery that will be back to like all little manual stuff um so i i think there's strengths in both of them um but I'm very happy with what the system is now. So do you think, the, is it harder to teach new brewers on this type of a system? Do you miss out on some parts of learning the aspects of brewing by, if you're learning on a fully automated system, or is it still just brewing's brewing, and if you're pu- whether you're pushing a button or lifting sacks of grain? You know, that's a, that's a good question that I haven't really thought about. But I think hmm, that's a good question. I wouldn't want to trade the way that I came up learning on an old, on the, you know, the, the Frederick system when I was there, it was supposed to be completely automated, kind of pneumatic valves and everything. But by the time I got there, it was broken down and like everything was pretty manual. Um, and I, I like that because you do get to learn stuff. The mass, the bed crashes, how do I pop it back up? And what are the tricks that I can use? And da, 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 da. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's better or it's worse. It's different. Yeah. It's different, you know? So I think a brewer that knows good brewing theory um, can can brew just as well on this system as they could on the manual system. I, I would assume, to, in some ways, it's probably going to be easier to train new people. Yeah. I, uh, well, on it, it is and it isn't, right? There's a lot of stuff to be remembered on this system just as it is um, on the uh, on a manual system. So like, while I say you hit a button and it does it for you, you still have to write the formula for the beer that you're brewing. You still have to remember the steps in the process. There's still stuff that's going to go wrong where the brewer's going to have to think about it and make a decision. Um, and so it, it, it doesn't turn us really into mindless drones. It's more kind of how am I using this automation to my benefit? Okay. You know? And I think there's constant tweaks and adjustments that are going to need to be made in the system. 
So what are you doing with the old system? Is that going to be moved over here for piloting? For or right is it now, it's going to stay where it is, um, and we'll do some pilot brewing on that. We'll do some experimental stuff. Um, we'll do some stuff that we, I wasn't comfortable doing before, so maybe some mixed fermentation. Um, and we'll just kind of play around with it. We have that space for a little while still. Um, so while it would be close to the public, we'll still be doing some brewing okay. over there. I'm kinda, I'm, that's something I've been kind of thinking about for the past couple of months like what's the process going to be there um all the brewers we had kind of a brewers meeting a couple of weeks ago we went out for dinner and drinks and kind of just shot to shit a little bit about like what are we going to do for this and what's going to happen and so i think we've got some plans just now it's just executing it all we're gonna so that'll be just out. like kevin's playground now yeah play, playground <laughs> for the whole brewing team you yeah. know um for the most part most of the beers that we've brewed up until this point have been my recipes a couple of ryan's recipes um, and so this will allow the team to kind of have some creative freedom where not only the brewers, but I think anybody in the brewery, they have an idea for a beer. We'll have this small system now where you can work with the brewing team to get your idea brewed and we'll kind of figure that out. So I think it'll be kind of a union playground. Let's, oh, that's cool. Let, let's kind of see what works, what doesn't work. Um, weird beers that we wanted to brew that we didn't want to do a production size before we can do now. Um, and we'll kind of figure that stuff out. So it'd be kind of like the, um, Flying Dog's Brewhouse Rarity Program. Yeah, yeah, in a way similar they take, that. They allow um, all their employees will pitch yeah. to the brew team their ideas for beers, and they choose so many. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. And then I think stuff like that I'm really into, like I'd love to do a lager series out of there. Um, you know, kind of small batch lagers where we play around with hops and, you know, additives, additions, stuff like that. I got a lot of smoked beers. You know, doing 60 barrels or 180 barrels of smoked beer uh, can be tough uh, because, I, you know, everybody wants juicy and da da da, da, yeah. da But I really love smoked beer, so I'd like to be able to do some small production. I, can, I mean, I, some small size. Uh, I can't beers. disagree with you more on yeah. smoked beers. Really? Yeah, love, I'm not. I love those beers. Like, you know, the, the way the Germans do them, uh, the rock beers are just so delicious to me. Yeah, I have the exact, all the way to the other end of the spectrum. That is one every other style of beer i've been able to ease my way into liking there's just something about that smoky taste that i can't get oh, i can't get enough past. of it man you know they, <laughs> in bamberg they say drink three of them before you judge it because uh, the first one will come off really harsh the second one will mellow out and by the third one the smoke is just such a great addition to the flavor of the beer maybe that's my problem i've never drank three in a row well, you, you should do that get yourself an Urbach or you know or, or just a traditional rock beer the meritson and, and try that so have you ever made one? Yeah, I've, I've made a bunch of them when I worked at Gordon Biersch. Um, and we made one called uh, Smoke here at Union uh, two or three years ago. It was a, kind of a smoke talus. Um, and it turned out really, really well. I loved that beer, actually. It was, it was a great beer, so I'd love to do something like that again. So uh, at this new location, which is just in several of the people who had been here already told me it was humongous. But like when you get here, you see just how humongous it is of this tremendously large facility what's your favorite aspect of it you know uh, there's a couple of things i really love about this place one we got to stay in the neighborhood that we're in i really love that we're not that far away from where we were and we looked all over baltimore trying to figure out where are we going to go um and it was tough man because you'd think baltimore there's no lack of warehouse space and but it was really hard to find the right space we had seen this building very early on in the process but at the time the owners of this building didn't want to sell it um, and we knew we wanted to own our next property um, and then they came back to us and they said all right well, we'll sell a part of it and we wanted the whole thing if we were going to do it yeah. at the same time it was like it was so big how are we going to 
manage to have a space like this and we don't need all this space. What are we going to do? Um, and so we kept kind of talking about this as we looked all, I mean, we talked to every property owner in the city probably and looked at every building and some great neighborhoods and some not so great neighborhoods. Um, we kind of considered like, should we go into a kind of a crappy neighborhood and try and be like the anchor that brings this neighborhood back? Um, but in the end, it just, it didn't make sense to leave where we had started the brand and what we love so much and we've been embraced by this community so strongly. So I'm happy we're able to stay here. That's one of, that's one of my favorite things about it. Uh, the new system, you know, of course, I'm really excited. It's like learning to brew all over again in a lot of ways. And I'm really excited for what the collective offers to the community and to us, you know, like I'm, I'm not in the mindset that we're doing something for Baltimore. I'm more of the mindset that Baltimore's done so much for us that I'm really happy that we're able to have this space um, that people can come to. And there's so much cool stuff here and, and cool things will be going on here um, that I'm, I just feel so lucky that we were able to find this place. My uh, favorite part is the ample parking. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny. Well, you see that lot and it looks huge, but then it, it's going to be weird when that, when we have an event here the first time the parking yeah. lot fills up. Oh, yeah, I'm like, sure yeah. it'll still fill yeah. up, but it's like yeah. it was almost a guarantee if you went to your old spot that it was going to be filled up. Yeah, even no, with no, just definitely. Five people in the tap room. The thing that we need to improve here, and I think we will, is foot traffic, foot traffic accessibility. You know, right now, if you come from 41st Street, you've got to walk down the driveway. Um, and so we need to figure that out. And I don't know if that's cutting a hole or cutting a staircase into the grass or something. we got to figure that out. We'll figure that out. Is um, that a. Are there a lot of walkable areas from here? I guess I didn't pay that close I mean, you know, attention. You, can, you could walk to the old brewery. You could get off the light rail and you could walk right into oh, okay. the old brewery. Um, but here, you know, the light rail is a little ways away, but I still want people, I want there to be some sort of foot access for the neighborhood. You know, yeah. like I don't want somebody that lives over on Buena Vista to have to get in their car and drive here. I want them to be able to walk over, you know. So Buena Vista is the next street over. Okay. Um, yeah. That makes sense. And yeah. I would also um, suggest a sign. Yeah, we'll get a sign up at the top of the hill soon. Yeah, we definitely need that. A lot of people have been like, "I don't, where are you? I can't find you." And, and GPS isn't that great right now. So. Oh no, it tells you when you're on the bridge, bridge that you've yeah, reached your yeah. location. Yeah, just drive off the bridge. Yeah, and, you know. but thankfully there the, there's humongous grain silos that yeah. kind of are a beacon. To, yeah, yeah. So you can see those. Uh, but we'll get a sign up. We'll get a sign up top soon. So, how many other places are open here so far? I, I'm assuming Earth Trex is because so Earth they Trex have is a the sign. only other business that's okay. open right now. Uh, we're the next, um, and then I think very shortly, Well-Crafted Kitchen will open, you know, uh, adjacent to our tap room. Um, Vent Coffee Roasters is doing construction as we speak. Baltimore Whiskey is doing construction as we speak. Or Baltimore Spirits now, they're not Baltimore Whiskey, I mean, they're Baltimore Spirits Company. They're doing construction, and Huckle's Hot Sauce is doing construction as well, so they'll all be open soon. Okay, I don't think I saw anything about them being added. Yeah, they didn't yeah. make a video, did they? Yeah, Huckle's didn't, they did an announcement a long time ago, but oh, I, don't, okay. I don't know if they did a video or not. That's a bummer, because all yeah. the videos so far have been great. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I the I love the the one you guys made to kick it off, but the like, Baltimore Spirits Company was great. Yeah. And it's like about a year ago, that, that's this summer, we went over and recorded that video, so that, that's, that was fun. Whose van was that? So that's Chris's van. Chris Attenborough, okay. who's our, our brand experience manager, runs our tap room. That's his. Yeah, he his let baby. us in this morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take um, a real quick, real quick break to make our sponsor, thank our sponsors who make uh, the Uncapped po podcast possible. I don't know if I could have said that any worse. Um, so ho hopefully uh, the pre recorded ad sounds a little bit better. So thank you.
A huge thank you to our presenting sponsor, Roast House Pub, which is located at 5700 Urbana Pike in Frederick, Maryland. If you have listened to this podcast before, you have definitely heard me go on and on about the beer dinners that Chef Nico creates. Simply put, they are amazing. But Roast House Pub has much more to offer. Their friendly staff is knowledgeable about beer and will help you choose from among the 20 beers they have on tap. In addition to the awesome beer selection, the food is always amazing. Make sure to follow them on Facebook and check their website at www.roasthousepub.com to keep up to date on their constant stream of events. And thank you to our supporting sponsor, Craft Alliance Packaging Solutions. Craft Alliance Packaging Solutions has been serving the craft beverage industry since 2012 and prides itself in helping their customers excel in a constantly growing industry. From concept to cooler, CAPS offers solutions to your packaging needs, providing mobile bottling services, technical support, keg repair, rental bright tanks, and much more. It is their goal to help you grow your brand and your business and make your product stand out. Be different, look different. For more information, visit capsbottles.com. And so once again, thank you, Roast House Pub and Caps Bottling Solutions. Um, so the another huge difference here is the tap room. And what is the multiple on the size difference between your old tap room and the new one? You know, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I will tell you this. the, the When we originally took over the space at 1700 Union Ave, where the old brewery is, we had 7,200 square feet. And this new tap room is about 7,500 square feet. So it's bigger than our entire brewery was when we first opened six years ago. Um, yeah, so that, you know, that's our number one complaint is like, I love coming to your tap room, but every time I come, it's packed. Um, there's no place to sit. It's hard to move around, lines for the bathroom, yada, yada, yada. Um, and so that's one of the big things we wanted to address is, you know, let's get a bigger space where people can still come and hang out and feel comfortable. And it's fun too, looking yeah. inside of it, like the camper yeah. over in the corner, the the bright colors, the I love the the textured wood paneling. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Above the so Chris earth. Chris wanted that to look, kind of remind people of Formstone, uh, which is a, a thing you see in Baltimore, kind of on the row houses, um, and so that's kind of the, the texture look is to mimic that. Um, we put some old school arcade games, and uh, so we've got a little bowling game. Um, we've got a little mini golf game, um, skee ball, you know, so we wanted it to kind of have a, a fun, whimsical feel, still stay true to our kind of industrial vibe, um, but be bright, um, colorful, like you said, uh, natural light was really important to us. So we put some ungodly expensive skylights in, uh, <laughs> both in the tap room and, uh, we have some natural light back here in the production space. Um, cause we don't want, while this is a factory and a production facility, we still want it to kind of be fun and light and, and refreshing when you come here. I wonder why skylights are so expensive. To they put are in. so expensive. It's ridiculous. At, at one point, we had envisioned all of these skylights, and then we met with the architects, and they dropped the price on us. And we're like, all right, let's reduce that skylight well, number. It's by a half of them. Half yeah, of them. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if we did half, but yeah, we cut them back significantly. Yeah, I mean, you're just cutting a hole and putting some. That's what you <laughs> think. That's what you think, right? But it's not. It's not that easy. Um. And, and interesting enough, I, I had a pop-up on Facebook Memories today. It was one year ago this week that Adam came on on Cap. Oh, nice. Awesome. And first told us about this opening. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. A year later, I there get to are. see what you guys envisioned. Yeah. So the collective wasn't an idea you had from the beginning. That That grew out of finding this space, wanting it, and 
finding a way to coming up with a plan to kind of make it work. Um, so yeah, no, originally we were just looking for a space for the brewery. Um, and we looked all over, all over the city, like I said, but then once we figured, found this building, we were like, man, we want to be here. It's a great location. How do we make it work? And that's kind of where we looked at what our tap room had done for us. And we knew that people love coming to our place, seeing us, uh, seeing our employees there, touring the space, actually seeing where what they enjoyed came from. And we thought, why can't we make that work for other businesses? So we started to reach out to some of our friends that own places and said, hey, you know, what do you think about this concept? And they were kind of into it. And we reached out to, it was companies that wanted to stay in Baltimore, um, but finding the manufacturing space they needed was tough, right? It's, it's, it's a lot easier to go out to a, to a nondescript warehouse in the county somewhere. Not that there's anything wrong with the county. I live, I live in the county. I love Baltimore County. But we wanted to stay in the city and show kind of a commitment to the city and commitment to the people that had embraced our business. And I think other businesses wanted to do the same thing. And so that's kind of where uh, the collective idea came from, was reaching out to other businesses and kind of figuring out what worked for them and how they could stay here. And by, and by providing the space, they were able to do that. So what was it about all the other places that made them not feasible? Was it like what's available had been vacant for too long and yeah, it's like, like it was too dilapidated to use or yeah, it's like what's available. Um, I apologize for the noise. Oh, that's production fine. space. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, so it was like, what's it, what's available, what they could afford. Um, do they want, you know, I, I think a lot of places weren't thinking about um, having a front for a front facing space. They were thinking more about, you know, where can I make my stuff at? And so I think once they found this concept where, hey, we can come there, we can have a real retail front with our production facility, it just really appealed to them, you know? And then other places that you look at, I know even for us in our search, it's just tough to find the perfect space, you know, that has a blend of everything that you need, you know? Yeah, because you said before, like, I would just expect that it, like, there would be a plethora of abandoned you know you, you would definitely think that but it's like it's also like what neighborhood are you going into are your employees okay. safe leaving late at night um are people is the public going to want to come there um and so there's a lot of more, of more complex issues that need to be dealt with um in terms of gentrification and where where do you put stuff and and for us we always felt weird about like looking at some of the some of the some neighborhoods like do we need having it having an alcohol supplier there is that the right you know so there's a lot of issues that we probably shouldn't deal with i guess on the uncapped podcast right yeah. now, <laughs> about baltimore and about what happens in the city that would affect where where you put your business so that was so there's just there were a lot yeah, of external yeah, yeah a lot of, lot of crazy issues yeah think about yeah that makes sense. Yeah. And this was what it was an old Sears warehouse? Or? It was an old Sears warehouse. And then the Hedman Corporation, which is a Japanese owned company, was in here storing plastics and that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So when we took it, when they first came in here, it's crazy when I come in here now and I look at it to see what it was because it really used to be this crazy old warehouse with forklifts dipping back picking up like plastic to go containers like you get at a restaurant oh that's fine yeah so they go out of business or they They move their location yeah and then i saw some pictures you have the next door to us there's a 
huge open room. What's that going to be? So that'll be the canning hall, okay. um, and that'll be where the bright tanks are. Um, the bright tanks are already over there, and um, then that'll be storage. Okay. So right now at the old space, we use a mix of on- and off-site storage, and now we'll be able to store hopefully everything here. So will you move the canning line from yep. the old place Yeah, over we're going to bring our current canning line over, and we'll probably just end up running more shifts on it, um, and then eventually we'll get something nicer. Okay. Yeah, because I would imagine the the canning line from your old spot probably isn't sized correctly to where not, you're at now. Not in the least. Not <laughs> in the least. So. So, are you going to repurpose any equipment from over there, or is it? Well, you all see, new? we've got these uh, fermenters behind us. These sixty barrels. We brought these over from oh, okay. the old space. So we're going to bring. Uh, we brought four over so far. We're going to bring three more of those over, um, and that's about it. Um, we'll probably sell the rest of the stuff. So if anybody, any band members are listening, need some equipment, <laughs> hit us up. Um, uh, everything must go, and uh, <laughs> and then I don't know if we're gonna. We'll probably keep the current brew house, and then we'll just buy some smaller fermenters for the pilot okay. system. So you then use that to continue to be able to play on. Yeah. So with that is a it's a fifteen barrel or is it twenty? Okay. Twenty. But we'll probably knock ten barrel batches, ten or fifteen barrel batches. Okay. So small enough that you can get funky and yeah, some yeah, yeah, goes exactly. horribly wrong. Yeah, and then it doesn't not, matter. Yeah. Not too big of a deal, but exactly. you have enough that if you hit a home run, you have uh, exactly enough of it to go through the yeah. So would that be like brewery only releases that are only uh, available in the tap a, room? It'll or be a mix just... of both. It'll be a mix of both. We have six taps over here that could be dedicated strictly to stuff coming out of there. Okay. Um, but at the same time, our, our, the retail partners that we work with, we don't want them. We don't want to say you can only get this beer in the tap room. So yeah. we'll probably send some stuff out so that the general public can, can try it. You know, there's a lot of people that don't live in Baltimore or don't come here, but so somebody in MoCo wants to try one of those weird beers occasionally, I'm sure. So we'll, we'll get it out somewhere. Yeah. Do you do you plan on doing more types of um, brewery can releases? Like you've dabbled a little bit with. You know, um, we have. Um, it's just, it's tough. You know, there's, to me, it's like I want my beer to get to as many people as possible, yeah. right? I, so I like doing can releases, and there's a there's a thought behind. You know, we, we're making this limited beer, so let's let's do that. So we got to see because those beers now will be over at that other space where we won't have a canning line. So I don't know how that's going to work, and that's something one of the things we've talked about that we haven't really figured out yet. But so we'll we'll still do some can releases, definitely. I'm not sure if that'll open the door for more or not. We got to figure that out. So now that you have all of the these big, humongous stainless steel vessels. Does that mean there will be more tea time available this year? You know, tea time is an interesting beer. We're trying to we try and figure out how to to handle the old pro variants. We do a lot of you know the, we do the older pros, we do the tea times, um, and so we will I'm sure we will do that again at some point. Um, at the, a lot of the people that work here, we love that beer, so it's just figuring all that out. I, I urge you to move that up the list if okay. it's far down <laughs> down the figure. No, no, it's definitely delicious beer, man. The, that that peach tea and time. I was just going to say out. specifically the peach yeah, one. Yeah, it's if such you a could delicious just beer. Make a ton of that, like a whole s- s- dedicate sixty barrels. To the my <laughs> wife was making me clean my beer cellar out about a month ago, and I found a bunch of cans in there. I was like, yes. So I it, threw them all it, in the it, pool box. It holds up well. It it's, holds it, up tremendously well. It, yeah. I still had um, some of the tangerine one. Oh, okay. And had it, and it tasted great. So nice. I didn't. Yeah, I don't think it fell off at all. That's awesome. Which I was kind of worried because that. I mean, it's only four some percent. Yeah. Like everyone no, no, makes it, you scared really to held death. Up well, that so. lower alcohol volume beers. Yeah. You can't keep yeah. around for a nah, while. Yeah. They, they they sell it really nicely actually. 
So if you can make more of the peach one, that would be great. I'll throw that I'm, in. Lynn's over there unloading the forklift right now, and that's her baby, the tea times. And most of the older pro stuff that we do is through Lynn as well. So I'll, I'll pass it on to her. All right. We'll tell her to get to work yeah, and definitely. figure out how to handle that here. <laughs> so is it the um, like the figuring out part of the tea times, is that because of all of the botanicals and like the – tea spice like yeah it's every, just all the adjuncts that are it's, it's figuring in. that out it's figuring out the blend of the tea it's figuring out how much tea to use um and so lynn will kick she'll what she'll do is she'll take some all pro and she'll make several test growlers of it mm-hmm. and we'll sit around it's like a tasting team and we'll all try all these different beers um and then we'll figure out okay well this works this doesn't work um and then we'll kind of go that way so to to scale that up is it just a linear addition of the ingredients or the nature of no, it's how a, that's made is it really you have to play around and fi- no, figure just, it once out she, once she figures it out on the small size it's pretty easy to scale everything up okay so uh, do you have anything else new exciting unannounced coming out yeah we have a couple beers that we brewed over here that'll be out soon um uh one of them is a, a hefeweizen that we've been playing around with and then we have another beer that um We'll keep it under wraps right now, but no, you we, should talk about. Yeah, it. No, we, we have us. we have what something else that we've done. You'll, you'll, you'll see it soon enough. But something that we've been playing around with too, just a, just an experimental beer that we wanted to brew on the system okay. while the Germans were here, um, and so we'll have that out. That'll be out. The, the Hef should be out probably. It's not a smoked beer, is it? No, not yet. I wish, <laughs> I wish, but uh, it'll be out. That beer will be out in the next probably about three weeks. The Hef should be out by the end of next week. And um, so we should probably talk about the big party you're having a, having soon so if you didn't buy a ticket you can't come because it's sold out um but it's going to be awesome so uh <laughs> july 28th um in fact we doubled the amount of tickets this year and it still sold out earlier than any of our it was it sold out parties. pretty quick yeah i was shocked how fast it sold out um but yeah so that'll be july 28th we have j roddy walson in the business playing um a band that got their start here in baltimore um and uh you know a couple of the guys still live here in baltimore come by the brewery and stuff so they'll they'll be here a couple of other acts um and i'm just really excited the anniversary party is every year it's right around my birthday um in fact this year it's the day before my birthday um so it's always just a fun time for yeah. me and it's just a great and kind then of this celebration. year it's just your birthday party yeah yeah right <laughs> and so and it's like it, it makes it crazy like how you know how the love that we get on those anniversary parties is always just shocks me it always blows my mind like what a great time it is. And it's kind of turned to tradition. A bunch of my buddies from high school always come up. Um, it's, it's, just, it's just so much fun. I, it's such a great time. So I hope you got a ticket because I'm gushing over it. And, if, you know, if you haven't got a ticket, find one bootleg or just do whatever. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure there's a secondary market yeah, for them. I mean, I, th- I just think it's, it's such a fun time every year. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and your, th- this location is officially open. That didn't sound good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, I've opened last night. <laughs> I didn't see it, so I'm not going to get involved. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, we, uh, we are open Wednesday through Sunday now. Um, and so Wednesday through uh, Friday, we are open uh, 12 to 10. Awesome, because uh, yeah. that was another thing. Yeah. Okay. So that actually went to the very top of my I, list. I, I'm sorry, I guess Wednesday then. through Saturday, we're 12 to 10. Because you closed so early before. And then Sunday, I can't remember the hours, but I think maybe we closed at 8 on Sunday or 5. Look on the website. Yeah. Um, we just opened yesterday, so I don't have the hours down yet. I apologize. But I know that I know that Wednesday through Saturday, it's 12 to 10. 
So will you, will you be having food trucks all the time, or will well, it just so we be have, like well crafted? We have well crafted here, so they'll have they'll do the food most of the time. Okay. But that said, when we have bigger events, we'll probably have other people uh, come in as well. Just so you're not crushing them. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, it's tough to serve 2,000 people here. It's tough to serve yeah. a bunch of people, especially with their brick oven fire, you know, pizza concept. So we will we'll have to figure that out. But, yeah, it'll be it'll be mostly well-crafted, but there will be opportunities for other food trucks. So w- will they be a restaurant, or is that kind of like a, a catering it's, it's spot? A, or? It's, a, it's a restaurant in the sense that, like, think, I don't know, if you go to Trogues and you go and you order the food, they have the little snack bar. There. It's like a yeah. snack bar kind okay. of thing. So you'll be able to get pizza. You'll be able to get some other stuff. and uh, Soft pretzels? Yeah. Good. I hope so. I hope so. I'm, <laughs> let me not speak for them, but yeah. I hope so. Yeah. If they're smart, they'll yeah. have soft pretzels. Yes, yes. Um, what uh, what's the other business that you're most excited about being in the collective? You know, Earth Treks I'm really excited about. I've never been a climber in my life. I'm a big guy. You're a big guy. Yeah. You know how it is. But uh, Yeah, I don't want to go too high off yeah. the ground. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I'm really excited. Ryan, the lead brewer here, he's been a climber since he started working here. And has always told me, Kev, you need to get into it, man. It's awesome. It's so much fun. Um, and so I go to, there's another gym around here where I go and I run the treadmill, lift weights and stuff. And Earth Treks has all that. But they've also got this climbing element. And so Ryan's been pumping me up. We got it. We're going to climb together. We're going to climb. So I actually bought a pair of climbing shoes the other day off of Amazon. They haven't come yet. But so I'm excited to go climbing and figure this out. And he just has so much love for this sport. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think he might have been more excited about Earth Treks than he was about the brewery. Yeah, um, that's funny. So I'm excited to go check it out. And uh, it just seems like a great community of people down there as well. So I'm really excited about that. I'm also excited about Vent Coffee being here because I don't have to leave my building now to get excellent coffee, which is really exciting. That was the, that was one of the number one negatives when the Frederick News Post moved from being in downtown Frederick to out where we are now. Uh-huh. Is what was also it was a blessing and a curse. I saved a ton of money from not being able to take several trips walking to, <laughs> to coffee shops, but now we also have no coffee near us. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about all the businesses. Having the Baltimore Spirits Company here, hopefully doing some collabs with them in terms of maybe getting their barrels or them distilling some of our wash. Well, we got to figure all that out and see what works and what doesn't work. But I'm really excited about that. Huckle's Hot Sauce, I'll have flavorful hot sauce to put on my yeah. food, my pizza. So I'm excited about everybody coming here. That's, um, that's one thing I... I love and have definitely enjoyed a lot all of the collaboration between the growing craft spirits uh, segment in Maryland and the craft breweries. There's there's so many things that um, that you guys are able to work together on to make cool. Yeah, products. and it's been really cool. And you know, Eli, I've known Eli since he was brewing at Peabody Heights, um, and he's just a really great guy. Max, his partner, is a really great guy, um, and they're making these beautiful spirits man and like i mean i'm so i'm so happy with like what they're doing and like the baltimore and uh the epic whiskey it's just oh Uh, epic is phenomenal i mean they're just making these great it's funny when you heard about rye whiskey and there was new some new rye whiskey distilleries opening in baltimore i don't think anybody was as excited about baltimore whiskey company as they were about some of the other ones and it is just crazy how great their whiskey is yeah you know? it's really good yeah i mean they're doing a killer job yeah i unfortunately <clears throat> usually late i think for a couple months now i've ended every episode with doing a shot of the whiskey i made with mcclintock um i i forgot to fill a flask up with it no so worries. i'm sorry i didn't bring <laughs> it so i'll have to have you back out to frederick again to try it i would love to do that um but so with them we went 
we went there and we filled their gym gin basket with seven pounds of hops oh wow and made a single malt uh chocolate malt um hop infused uh whiskey that even the harsh unaged version is delicious wow so So, single malt single chocolate malt wow and it it, i mean it tastes like dude there's just nothing but chocolate taste coming oh that is really cool i'm excited to try that so i have some in a little barrel that's aging so we can try it more quickly yeah the aged version of it but then like in a year and a half the oh that's that's amazing so hopefully uncapped will still be around in a year (laughs) and a half and we'll have we'll have a hop infused whiskey nice to get people excited about and so is there anything else uh no i just hope people people come check us out this space is like I don't think that's a problem. Yeah, you're gonna I have. mean, I, I, I love it here, and I think you guys will too. Um, and uh, now nah, I just thank everybody for drinking our, our beer and supporting us and coming to our events and supporting our local community. Um, and I'm just, I'm just really excited for what the future holds. Okay. Thank you, uh, everyone, for watching and listening, and thank you, Kevin, for your time. No, nah, thanks for having me on. I always enjoy it. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening.